0: So yesterday morning I was uh, sitting in front of my computer, you know. I, I usually go on the computer in the morning after I wake up to sort of catch on and wor- catch up on uh, world events and what's going on and everything else. And I was watching a, on, video, on uh, YouTube a video of um, Merv Griffin interviewing Anthony Newley from, at some point in the 1960s, probably the later 1960s, and it was really interesting, you know. They're just sitting there and joking around, joshing around Merv and Anthony there. And I was watching, and it was very interesting. And then suddenly, BAM! I got, I'm like, I, got like, I got, like, hit in the side of the head. I was bashed in the side of my head. It was like a knockout punch. I'm like, whoa, what the, what the hell happened? I'm just, I, I'm in my room. What the hell? And uh, I know, these birds are saying, that's crazy, Frank. You got bashed in the side of the head? I know. It's, how did it even happen? <laughs> Where are these birds? <coughs> I'm okay, I'm okay. It's it, it it still uh still stings a bit, you know. Uh, anyway, oh man, do I really need this jacket? I don't know. It's really kind of kind of. It's supposed to be only like fifty five degrees out here. I don't know. It's one of these days when it's hot and cold. Anyway, so it was it was uh so then all hell broke loose on my desk. Everything fell over. Like the lid of the computer got knocked knocked back, and everything was like like what the heck happened? So. What happened is my cat, Mr. Mojo. Uh, <coughs> he uh, he likes to jump up on top of the bookcase, and usually it's fine. He'll he'll be up there and just laying down, and you know his brother, um, Mr. Vegas, usually does not go up there. He usually doesn't go up on that uh, on on that bookcase for some reason. It's a kind of a big jump because he goes up on. Kind of like the shelves next to my desk and then from there he makes kind of a big jump over to the bookcase right so mr mojo enjoys like most cats do when they're happy they lay on their back and flip around you've seen that a lot right cats just sort of you know they go on their back and they kind of go back and forth and right it's very cute and uh, so he does that a lot he's a very happy kitty so i think what happened was see, he's done this a few times Like, when he feels like doing that, but he's up on top of the bookshelf, which is actually rather high up. It's like, right, I think it's over six feet tall. Yeah, it's taller than me, the bookshelf. Yeah, it's probably six and a half feet tall, seven feet tall, something like that. Um, he, uh, He starts doing that, and I've seen him fall a few times from there. Usually, like, I'm petting him, and he's doing it. Then he starts falling, and I'll just catch him. But in this case, apparently, he must have been doing that and just fell. And he must have, like, kicked out with his feet... And, like, hit me, like, really hard in the side of the head. Like I said, it's still, it's, it still hurt, uh, stings a bit. Right, right, right above, on the side above my left eye. And, but it really hurt when it first happened. It was like a knockout punch. And I'm like, what the hell? It was wild, man. It was like being punched in the morning. It was like a wake-up call. What the hell? Anyway, um... So I was kind of worried about him, so I was like, I was like stunned, and i I went downstairs and Vegas when Mr. Vegas was there. he was kind of wondering what was going on, and then Mojo came over and very quickly and he was uh, he was just fine, and he started doing that flipping over thing on a cardboard box I put on the floor of the uh for, of of the of the living room, just just for the kitties. They love cardboard boxes, you know, so anyway, I was okay, but uh. It was a rather shocking moment. Um, Anyway, I'm here on the way to a book sale. Yes, it is. uh, The Nutley Library here in my town of Nutley, New Jersey, is having a book sale. And I just happened to note it in, we get like a local magazine or newspaper or something. And sometimes I, I figured I should check out if there's any cool things coming up. And I saw this book sale. So I noted it on my calendar like months ago. So I saw that it was coming up. And, uh, so I'm pretty excited, especially because this gives me some motivation to walk around my town. Remember I used to walk back in 2020, the first year of the pandemic, I used to go on amazing walks around my town. And then I lost all motivation to go on walks, which is really unhealthy, you know, physically and mentally and emotionally unhealthy not to go on walks, but I just have no motivation. The hell is that? (laughs) It's like this weird thing by the side of the road. It's almost like sort of weird matted thing of leaves and i don't know it's like leaves and a dead animal merged together i don't know what the hell that was anyway um yeah so it's about a 15-minute walk to the library so in my lunch hour i'm going to go over there i'm going over there now i'm on my way and it's a yeah it's a sunny day that it's kind of cold and hot at the same time you know you know those kind of days yeah it's just it's that same kind of day so i'm all set for the book sale i brought a bag Kind of a nice semi-cloth bag that we got from one of the liquor stores that delivered something. And I have a mask in case they want you to wear a mask. These days, I doubt they're going to force you to wear a mask, but who knows? There's still some lingering aspects of maskiness out there. So just got to be prepared. I got I got cash. I still have a lot of my birthday money. So that's good. And, uh, you know, I'm ready and I think I'm going to... Well, I was thinking of, like, I should really buy at least one book, but I, I don't know. If there's not anything good, I can't buy a book. I mean, I, I'd i like to buy one book just, just for this, the narrative of the whole thing. Walk to the library, buy a book, and then walk home. You know, but we'll see. I don't know if... Uh, the last thing I need is more books. I have too many books as it is. But uh, we'll see. It's, it's kind of exciting, because who knows? There might be some uh, real... <laughs> treasures there because it's it's made up of donations like local donations people do- I should have donated some books to this book sale I kind of got, got rid of a bunch of books anyway we're heading over there now anyway then there was another incident yesterday with an, with with another living creature uh yesterday was a crazy day there was like so much stuff going on at work and I was all distracted but I did you know manage to get outside for my cigar break for a few minutes and uh i went inside to get back to work and uh i look over at my left wrist and there's one of those spotted lanternflies on my wrist these things have become an incredible menace in the past couple of years here in new jersey these invasive these invasive insects i think it was a stage three lanternfly you know it was sort so, of it was like brown but it wasn't the full gray form yet so i i was just i was like ah, ah, ah. i just batted it away and uh, I'm like, oh, great. Now there's a lantern fly in the house. Um, and these things, they jump. It's crazy. They're not like any insects we, we're used to here in Jersey. Um, so I'm like, oh, great. Then I saw it. It was down on the, uh, down the floor, just sitting there. Maybe it was stunned as well, being, being swatted away by me. And so I have a, I have a methodology. Because I don't like to kill bugs if I don't have to. So I use, we have these red cups we don't ever really use. You know, those plastic red solo cups, you 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 know, teenagers have at parties to drink beer out of. You know, so those kind of cups. And then I have these little pieces of cardboard that come in the cat food. Like thin sheets of cardboard that can, you know, can cover the mouth of the cup, but not too much more. So it's perfect for bug capturing. So what I usually do is I just cover said bug, whatever, usually a spider or something, with... Or it could be any kind of bug with the cup, and then slowly slide the cardboard underneath. And at some point, they, you know, they get onto the cardboard, or they'll be, you know, there's that slight space between the end of the cardboard and the end of the cup. They don't usually seem to get stuck in there. So then now it's it's sealed, and no bug would have the strength to get out of a solo cup and a slip of cardboard from. Uh, the cat food boxes, and I take it outside and let it go. You know, so in this case, I, I'm like, okay, let me, let me try to do this. I know these lantern flies jump like amazingly, so I like <laughs> it was. I, I I was in the kitchen, and I just looked around the corner because it was right in, in the dining room there, and I got the cup, and real quickly I went down and and I got it. I got on top of it, and then I uh, slid the cardboard underneath. But you could hear it, it, it was it was like going nuts. It was like flying around and buzzing and. I'm like, no, I got it, I got it. And uh, so I'm like, listen, I'm not going to let this go anywhere near my front yard. So I went way in the backyard, down by the fire pit, and uh, lifted up the cup. And there it was on the cardboard. And an instant later, it, like, literally vanished. It was like, ping. Like, I did not see it fly off. The thing is so fast. Visually, it was like, ding! It, like, teleported. It disappeared. It was insane. What's up with these lantern flies, Spotted flies? Insanity, man. It's insane. It's another weird incident. I guess there's been a lot. I mean, yeah, I mean, some days not that much weird stuff happens, but some days a lot of weird stuff. Like, there's just all kinds of uh, chaos Chaos in the air. Alright, here we go. See, I I see, I'm now I'm like feeling like reminiscent of like 2020 when I used to walk around Nutley. It's lovely to go for a walk. See, There was a point where I had to sort of force myself to go to a, for a walk. And then every time I went, I felt better that I went for a walk. And then I just, I kind of lost all motivation. I don't know how that happens. I should remotivate myself. And I think I, I probably, you know, because the thing is, there's all there's been all these stalled efforts to get back to work. And I, I think I'm going to try to start going back to work like a day a week or two days a week or something in New York City because it's just kind of... It, 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 it's, some, it, it's like draining or I don't know what the right word for it is it's like uh, it, does, it does make you feel kind of forlorn just to be home all the time if that's the right way of putting it see now it's good now that I'm in the shade I do need this, uh, this jacket so it's one of those kind of days it's hot and cold anyway I think I'm going to go this way to the library, why not turn on Franklin as opposed to going down past City Hall by the way, next week I'm going to be going to City Hall and I'm going to get up and speak about the giant development they're putting up behind my house just to have my say you know I know it's not going to really prevent anything but at least I'll be on the public record as saying something. Anyway, uh, yeah, I was, I was, I've been kind of researching Anthony Newley because, as you may recall, the last Weasel adventure, we went, we bought, I bought several Anthony Newley records, like Doctor Doolittle and Stop the World, I Want to Get Off. And uh, I know, I don't know when it was, but I remember my mother saying, like she was a big Anthony Newley fan, and he's a guy, he's from England, but he really was living in the U.S. for a long time, uh, was really a massive star at one point. And then he just uh, fell off the face of the Earth. He's like, just collapsed into oblivion. Like, so many of these stars, you're like a huge star one year, and then a couple years later, like, no one ever heard of you. So Anthony Newley was sort of like in that universe. I think he really peaked like in the early six, late 50s, early 60s. And he was like, you know, he was like married to... Joan Collins and had two kids with her, and, uh, you know, he had this musical called Stop the World I Want to Get Off, I think that he wrote and starred, I think he wrote it and starred in it, it was a huge hit, and he had the TV show The Strange World of Gurney Slade, which I watched about half of a year or two ago, and he also was a, a, you know, like a a rock star almost, He, he had a lot of music that was like top hits, like top ten hits, like uh, back late fifties, early sixties, and mostly in Britain. <coughs> but uh, but then I guess it, it, as the seventies wore on into the eighties, he sort of became a has been, and he, he 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 did like residencies out in Las Vegas, right? He, like like he would do like a sh- like a show in Las Vegas, just kind of like a Frank Sinatra or Sammy Davis and. I think Sammy da- I think he was like friends with Sammy Davis there were some cuz I watched uh this 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 is your life or this was your life or remember there was a show like that where they just they sort of surprise a celebrity this is your life and uh and they have all these people they know like sending in video greetings and uh like uh and the people come come in and it was a very odd show it was from 92 in Britain this show uh this Is Your Life I kind of remember that show It was so odd He seemed Everyone seemed kind of uncomfortable But they all put on a good face But anyway And Joan Collins sent in a, a video Hello Anthony I'm sorry I can't be there <laughs> Apparently they had a, a big divorce But uh Yeah so he And then he wound up like in the borscht belt Like, like in the Catskills like, like playing these, these, uh, these resorts and stuff and, uh, yeah, he sort of just faded into obscurity. It's really interesting. really interesting guy. Um, I actually... I haven't listened to the record, Stop the World, I Want to Get Off, but I, did, I listened to it on Apple Music. The soundtrack of it. And it's just really... Like, it, it has so many stereotypes in it. It's like this guy who... I, I was half listening to it, but I think there's this guy who he he loves this woman and wants to get married but then he has kids and he feels like bogged down so then, so he starts off in England and there's an English girl, then he goes to like Russia and marries a Russian woman then he leaves her and goes to Germany and marries a German woman, then he goes to America and marries an American woman and it's like, they're all like super stereotypes, hello, I am the Russian woman, <laughs> you know or, I am the German woman or hi, I'm an American woman I like to, I like to read no- like trashy novels and Man, I don't even know if that if that thing would, like, fly these days, you know. But, uh, it was wild. I don't know. Is it, I don't even know if... Is it good? I don't know. It's, they called it a new style musical. But for the taste back then, I think that was, again, around early 60s. So, it worked back then. All right, that's a library. Okay, I think I've been here exactly once before, way back in the 90s. But I'm going to try out this... Uh, book sale, maybe I can find a book about Anthony Newley apparently there's a, a good biography of him that came out in uh, when do they say it was 95 or something he died in 99 by the way at age 67 of cancer oh look there it says book sale right there renal cancer um, anyway I'm going to go to the book sale and let you know what I find and then we'll talk more about Anthony Newley and many other things when I get back. So, I walked in and there's all these signs with a green arrow. Book sale this way. And it was very hard to follow. Like, you, like at first it said right, which was pointing at a staircase. But then you saw, like, inside the library itself, there was, like, another sign in the distance. So it turned that way. And then it's like you're going, like like, by, like, the bathrooms, by these, like janitorial closets and like all these like weird spaces and finally get to the book sale and uh you know i would say there were some decent books there a few of that piqued my interest a little bit the thing that most piqued my interest was uh, an lp for uh martin denny's um quiet village i think it is which i know is a really and it was an original you know, of of that uh, Space Age... Exotica, you know, not Space Age bachelor pad music, but... Then I looked inside, it and it was some crummy Disney record inside. It wasn't even the real record of Martin Denny. <coughs> oh, look, there's that outdoor classroom across the waterway there. I remember, I used to go over there. Anyway, yeah, I'm walking back a different way. Uh, there was a few books that were kind of interesting. Like a book from 2003 about hippies, but it was just very big and unwieldy and pointless... The complete visual guide to Doctor Who. And, yeah, no. uh... I'm trying to think. They had the ba- ba- Bhagavad Gita. I remember that was when, when I went and hung out with the Hare Krishnas back in college. I I remember that. That's like their Bible. Uh, what else? There, there was a few things that were interesting, but... Yeah, I, I was defeated. There was nothing I could really think to care about or buy, so... Bye bye book sale, but I'm glad I went, and it actually is making me go for a walk, and what is turning out to be quite a lovely afternoon. <coughs> Why are all these like kids running around? Isn't isn't this school time? What is it? Yeah, it's like 1:20. Maybe it's maybe it's the lunch break from the high school. I don't know. How does that work? I, it's been a long time since I've been in high school. The guys at work right on the chat room were talking about high school, and I'm like, you know, the only good thing about high school for me is that it was so long ago, I've forgotten most of it. But some people have a good time in high school. It's just a different personalities, you know. <coughs> but, like, the, uh, the kind of... Uh, like, I understand what it's supposed to be in high school is sort of like... Your friends, your personality, all the banter, the adventures. But I just was not really ready for that at that. Like when I was that age, I was not yet ready for that stage of life. You know, I was not, you know, resonating with that uh, that morphic field or whatever. It, it, it took a, it took a while for me to kind of uh, get to that point. Wait, where am I here? Oh, okay, okay, yeah, I see where I am. I think I see where I am. Why am I confused? I shouldn't... What is that building over there? (laughs) Wait a second. Something's not adding up here. (laughs) How is it I'm confused here? This is not... What is that building over there? Hmm. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just... This is my town. It should be normal. I think it's just the angle that I'm at, though. Oh, okay. I think that's... Okay. I think I know what that is. I should not be confused everything's fine okay yeah I see where I I think I should walk through the park over here for old times sakes go home through the park can do that anyway yeah there was nothing related to Anthony Newley there that I could see even though it seemed like the kind of thing that would be at a book sale like that that most people wouldn't be interested in at all so anyway, <coughs> uh, searching for stuff about Anthony Newley, I uh, I ran across a, a TV movie he was in, Irwin Allen's *Alice in Wonderland* from 1985, with a, an all-star cast. You know, like Telly Savalas, Imogene Coca. You know, uh, all these all these like s- supposed stars of the day. And I had never heard of it. I had never heard of this Irwin Allen's Alice in Wonderland. And this seems like the kind of thing I should have heard of it, at least at one point. And Anthony Newley played the Mad Hatter. So I watched a little bit of it. It was just really bad and uncomfortable and weird. And he him, he was just, like, really annoying as the Mad Hatter. I mean, I know the Mad Hatter is supposed to be annoying. But it was just wild, like... uh Sammy Davis Jr. was the caterpillar it's like hey man man. what are you doing there Alice I'm just here smoking my hookah pipe man yeah very bizarre like did anyone else ever hear of this it's something I should have heard of I guess 85 if it came out in like late like I think at that that was the same year I made uh, the Doctor Who movie right um, it must have been like when I went to college and, I, and that kind of TV stuff wouldn't necessarily be on my radar but no, remember I had the TV guide and I was reading remember I had TV guides from 85 like I, I was into television still oh look, here's that uh, here's that part of the park and there was an article about it recently it's like a, a, a sidewalk in the shape of one of those ribbons that you wear to support the causes there's a name of this place though I, I know I wrote it down It's like the walk of hope, I think. And look, someone put a uh, a string of beads in a bell here. For what reason, though? Are you supposed to read this? To the finder of this bell, this bell has been placed in memory of the greatest hero. We will ever know. We will never know. My daughter Corey's liver donor. Seven thirteen seventeen. May the ringing of this bell inspire you to save the lives of eight others through your organ donations. Wow. Should we ring it? So <laughs> creepy. It's all rusted. All right. <laughs> yeah, the walk of I think it's called the walk of hope. And there's like a, like a lawn back here and then it's someone else's house but and there's like a random red hose over there, but and there's a little bottle of, of vodka over there too. I guess people come to, the, I guess people uh, come to uh, drown out their hope with uh, vodka over here. Wow, what is this place called? It's called something. It's actually very cool. It's very tranquil. I could have sworn I made, I had a link in my show notes, but I, it's not a topic I got to. You know, there's a lot of topics I never get to on the show. It's probably better that way. They're not all great topics, you know. Let me see. Let me pause and see if I have a link to this, the walk. See, now I'm in the sun. I'm getting hot again. What is this? The walk of something. Hold on. All right. I It wasn't in my notes, but I found it here. Nutley's Area of Hope. And this was officially opened back a few months ago, on July 2nd, 2022. Township of Nutley Commissioner Moro G. Tucci unveiled the township's area of hope last week in a ceremony ceremony held at the new memorial's location, in Memorial Park 1, near the center of town. In dedicating the area to those lost during the COVID-19 pandemic, the commissioner referred to it as being a light in times of darkness. As we prepare for summer, we all continue to remember those we have lost to COVID-19 cancer, to natural causes, or for any reason, he said. I think everyone in town knows or has known someone who has suffered a loss over the the past two years. Sometimes it is difficult to understand pain and suffering, and we look for a place to reflect on our feelings. The Area of Hope. I like that. I like the name, Area of Hope. It's like an area. I like that. It includes several benches with memorial plaques. I'm 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 on I'm leaning on one now sitting like leaning my back on one now memorial plaque dedicated to loved ones who passed during the pandemic surrounded by beautiful flowers and shrubbery I don't know if it was I guess these these were reserved for people who had loved ones who died during the pandemic surrounded by beautiful flowers and shrubbery uh yeah, yeah there are some beautiful flowers and shrubbery okay they're very accurate and and did he mention the vodka the little vodka bottles no no okay One prominent bench dedicated by the Nutley Board of Commissioners is, in the name of beloved Nutley physician Dr. Michael Giuliano. Dr. Giuliano served our town for over 40 years, Tucci states. We are honored to be able to pay a lasting tribute to his memory. Is that what I'm leaning on right now? Yes, in memory of Dr. Michael G. Giuliano. Brilliant mind, healing hands, benevolent heart. Dedicated by Nutley Board of Commissioners 2022. There you go. I'm leaning on it. The Nutley Department of Parks and Recreation created a place of great hope, and peace in a world that sometimes seems ravaged by sadness and anger. The concept and in-house design for this project assisted in the quick completion and cost savings of the project. Construction began in 2021 and is now fully completed for the community to enjoy. Right, and I remember coming here, like a, like a couple of years ago, but I guess it, it was in 2021. I guess. I would like to thank Commissioner Chucci and the Parks Department for designing the Area of Hope, Nutley Mayor Joseph P. Scarpelli says. This tranquil, this tranquil space will provide our residents a place to reflect, find peace, and reboot their mind and soul. What the hell stuck to my shoe? Something. Uh, we <laughs> the soul of my shoe, and the, I just said soul, the other kind of soul, wow. We have determined that the best course for for fulfilling a void and bringing added faith to our community was to create a place of healing and hope for our residents, added Commissioner Tucci. Located in Memorial Park 1, closest to the Chestnut Street entrance, the Commissioner welcomes all. It is a peaceful environment for reflection, remembrance, and healing. Oh, there's two squirrels running around in the park. We invite everyone to visit our Area of Hope. There you go. So this is it. This is the Area of Hope. Now what brand of vodka did the uh, individual here? I don't really want to touch it, but I guess I can sort of nudge it with my foot to turn it over to see the brand. New Amsterdam Vodka. Okay. The official vodka sponsor of the Area of Hope. No, no, no. Oh, there's another bell. Is it the same on the other side? There's another bell here. Yeah. Okay, I don't know if, you know, I understand it's it's a nice message, but I don't know if you're supposed to sort of like hang bells like in this area of hope, I you know what I mean? It's not like, I understand it's for a good cause, but you can't just like, oh, whatever, let them do it, whatever. <laughs> they can do what they want, okay? Oh, cool, there's like a cool LED light here, 100 watt IP66. Yeah, I like the area of hope. It it did make me feel a bit more hopeful. Just a smidge, a smidgen more hopeful. Now I'll go back to the usual uh, ennui and existential angst as I usually experience day in and day out. Yes, of course. Oh, what a lovely day to be sauntering through the park. What was that? I was pl- playing some music while I was walking around. Baby, it's you. I remember I was right over here once when it when it like burst out raining. I remember that. Remember the last couple of years when I used to walk around the town? It was That was awesome. <laughs> well, I must have been walking around somewhat in 2021. Who even remembers 2021? 2021 is like the lost year, kind of like 2002. They're both these years after these major events. Like, 2002 was after 9 11 in 2001, and 2021 was, uh. Hello. Was that someone? Did I know him? I think I met him <laughs> once. If not, it's just said hello to someone. <coughs> but yeah, obviously twenty twenty one was after the pandemic in twenty twenty. Well look, ducks. Mallard ducks. I could do this every day. I could walk around every day. I used to walk around every day. It's much it's so healthy for the mind, body, and spirit. But I don't do it anymore. I don't know why. It's easy. You just put one foot in front of the other, right? Well, it sounds easy on paper, but it's, we're talking about motivation. Are you motivated to go for a walk? It's a good question.
1: Look, a lovely little waterfall.
0: Very nice. So, yeah, that Alice in Wonderland was really weird. I tried watching uh, bits and pieces of it I like the girl playing Alice was like really she was like 10 years old and she just didn't really it didn't she seemed a little out of place weirdly like she just seemed too young or too like her persona was a little too different I don't know just kind of the whole thing felt kind of weird and creepy and odd let's see what else do we have here yeah there was a uh a goat uh tragedy out west western new jersey it's a place called uh goats of anarchy it's a wildlife refuge and uh one of our neighbors works there so we learned all about goats of anarchy it's got to be like 45 minutes an hour drive out there i need figure what town it is it's near clinton new jersey somewhere out there way the heck out there uh I do want to visit, but of course we found out about it during the pandemic. Oh, we can't have any visitors because of the COVID. You know, they have a lot of goats and other animals. And um, also out out in that part of Jersey, they do a lot of hot air ballooning. And I do remember seeing a few times driving out that way and seeing the sky filled with hot air balloons. And what a beautiful sight, right? And I've always meant to go to the balloon festival. I I, I think I did go up in a balloon once. I, I have a vestigial memory of going it was one of the, those times where the you know it was a balloon on a it was on a tether you know so you went up and then went down and you paid your however twelve dollars or whatever this was a long time ago. it was probably the 80s or something maybe it was at the Fet I remember down by Princeton there was this place called this fundraiser called the Fet my mother always used to like to go to in Princeton the Fet they had some of those weird like attractions that were in like trailers and you walked in and it was like it was like a weird little haunted house or something I don't know. <laughs> they had that kind of stuff. All right, let, let me go here. I'll walk in the back parking lot of this apartment building. It's a good way to go home. <laughs> There's a zip tie on the fence here for no reason. Remember there was a zip, remember, There was an incident way before the overnight started. When I used to live in, in, in Island. I'd walk over this bridge over the parkway to go to the Metro Park train station. And there was a, uh, I probably wrote about it in my Osoa Week e There was a zip tie, uh, that just like that. It was a zip tie. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was like a white zip tie. And I remember just like, at first I didn't even notice it. Then I, every day I went to work, crossed the bridge. I kept noticing the stupid zip tie there. And eventually, I'm like, I, I I would love to just remove it because it's an eyesore. And eventually, after like months and months and months, I just got a little, was uh, little wire cutter type things, and I just I cut it off and I, I brought it with me, threw it in the garbage, and I felt so good that I'd gotten rid of that zip tie. It was it was it was a triumphant moment there over the Parkway, in Island, New Jersey. So that zip tie is sort of similar. Maybe it was maybe someone had put a sign up. Using the zip tie to secure it, and then the sign is long gone, but the zip tie is still attached. Because if you're just using your hands, it would be a bit hard to get rid of it because it's tightly ratcheted in there. But you could, uh, if you had a, one of those wire cutters, or you know, you know, the thing I'm talking about, like a regular scissors. Because you need like you wouldn't be able to get underneath it with the scissors. You just have to atta- you have to tack it from the sides almost. That's why one of those, like, wire cutters. You know what I'm talking about? It's like usually in someone's tool chest, like the wire cutters. You can have enough leverage, definitely, to cut the, the zip tie off. Yeah. So anyway, these goats. So wait, the balloons. When did I go up in a balloon? I could swear I did. Oh, man. I don't know what time. I mean, the memory is vestigial. It's almost completely gone. Uh, but I may have. Anyway. But, the, but there's a lot of them that they just go up and uh, go on balloon rides, right? So there's And there's companies out there that do it. Because it's not really, there's not a lot of civilization out there. It's just like a lot of wilderness and fields and stuff. And somehow, they don't have any, th- any way to steer the balloons. But somehow, they can increase or decrease the fire that's heating the air inside the balloon, which makes it rise and they can, so they can go up and down and somehow the wind is going in different directions at each level enough for them to steer i guess it doesn't seem like something that would be a thing but i guess it is a thing because otherwise they'd have to put like a little motor on it to blow air to push it you know but that sounds like it would be it would work but it, it would seem that it would be uh difficult it would be difficult for any little motor that you could put on a, a balloon to, uh, you know, in the basket of the balloon, to uh, fight against the prevailing wind. So I guess just using the wind. But it seems awfully random. Anyway, I'm sure someone's figured all that out. Balloon enthusiasts. So anyway, balloons are not supposed to fly over certain farms and stuff, because it really scares the animals. You see this giant balloon with that that roaring fire, you know, going over there. So... What happened was, apparently, a goat named Diesel was so scared of the balloon that ran, it, it ran into a fence and got killed. It's just like last week, because of the balloon scared it so much. It was a senseless death. And they found the balloon company. And they're like, listen, you killed a goat. What do you got to say about that? And they, they apologize and apparently the balloon people, they have these maps with these red zones where they're not allowed to fly the balloon. But somehow, I don't even know how they steer these damn things, but they all, oh, we didn't know it was a goat sanctuary. So sorry about that. Sorry for killing a goat. What the hell? So, but they're going to try and assist them to add Goats of Anarchy as a red zone on the balloon map. I don't know. It must be an app at this point. They probably just don't send out printed maps. It's probably like a Red Zone app for the balloon. The balloon uh, enthusiast. No? Yes. Yes! All right. Now for today's Flea Devil Solitaire update. Believe it or not, I made more advancements in Flea Devil... Since the last episode, three days ago So, as you know Three days ago my The breakthrough really was I felt I got to the point Where the game was a little too easy at, As it was set up I had already established The jokers called zonkers in the game They uh, add difficulty to the game So I played around with a double zonker rule I didn't like that So then I added more zonkers Right, most decks of cards come with two additional cards beyond the fifty-two plus two jokers. Then there's two more cards that you can use as zonkers. So I tried it with four, and the, in the limited playtesting I did, it seemed a bit, a bit extremely difficult. So I tried three, and I've been playtesting that, and that feels much closer to what I'm looking for. So I've been very happy about that. But then there was a the whole idea of the piggy bank, which was the orig- originally meant to be a countermeasure for the game being too easy, but it felt kind of empty and pointless and mechanical and just was not fun. This is where you can, uh, if you have a big bank bankroll, you can invest some of your money. And if you actually win the game, each of the invested pennies, I call it piggy bank, and pennies into piggy bank would be worth $3 at the end. Well, I dropped that, and I I was really doing great with the three zonkers. A lot of three stuff going on, because as you know, as you may know, a walkie-talkie uses three cards that are a run in an order forward or backwards. And then you could, the middle of those three, you can teleport its match like there's 789 you can find another 8 in the market and you can teleport it in for $3 a flat rate then so basically then you can remove the, you can haul those two and then right so you really only are down one so it's a good deal and it's fun to really like sometimes you you you're like is it really worth it for me to spend two and then spend three just to do a walkie-talkie and that's what's cool about it it really makes you think so that's three, the cost is three, and the penny's worth worth three, but now I just thought of something today, a new rule, because I, the one thing was, my God, there's a ton of water bottles in this tree, what the hell, uh, in front of the church, no in-person worship this weekend, okay, great. Okay. Uh, I'm like this game is great, but you know the only thing is the whole piggy bank thing that was seemed so promising. Really, it was a cool thing to like sort of risk risk uh, your bankroll to kind of get you know get a benefit later. Then I realized what mechanism could naturally restrict um, uh, you know in th- this investment while still allowing it and I'm like thinking about threes well there are three face cards in the deck the jacks the queens and the kings what if instead of calling them piggy bank pennies we call them royalties right and the name even is better because you know the name is royalties for this rule and each card is a royalty so the idea is it will be the same thing that you know hauling is when you have two cards of the same (coughs) the same rank and you If you have queen-queen, you can take them out and add them to your bankroll. You'll have two more dollars. Hi, Lucky. Yeah, yeah. Hi, Lucky. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's the neighbor's dog, Lucky. Loves coming over and hanging out with me and Denise on the porch with her owner. That wasn't the owner. That was a dog walker. Anyway... I haven't play-tested it yet, but the idea of royalties is that when you haul a face card, two kings, two queens, or two jacks, (coughs) at that point, right after you haul it, you may uh, get one royalty, which is you take one dollar from the top of your bankroll, and you put it on the bottom of the easy-go, or the discard area, face up, which is how I was doing piggy bank, but only with those... And so that's really going to sort of limit... And you really only want to do it when you when you feel like you're you at a bit of a card advantage. You have a big bankroll. Like, for example, I just lost a, a game with three zonkers by one. If I had one more dollar in my bankroll, I would have won. So it can get real tight. So, But there are those games where you're sort of flush with cash. And in this case, you'll have six opportunities, right? Because there's six pairs of face cards in a deck. Yeah. Uh, six opportunities to, to get royalties. Because the cards are royal, like kings and queens like, I don't know, if, are jacks a member of the royal family? <coughs> I think so. Are there any official jacks? Like, the hell kind of bird is that? Some sort of weird hawk flying around up there. Uh, anyway, six opportunities, so. Right, so six, uh times 3, so if you you did all 6, that would be worth uh, 18, right, and then the original, right, 18 minus 6, so it would be 12 additional points, which is actually pretty good, I think. Is that how it works out? Yeah. Anyway, just a a thought. So I'm going to start playtesting with uh, royalties. Listen, this game is coming along. It's been only 15 years that I, since I've been working on it, so hopefully soon it'll come around. Hey, it's later on. So you may recall I found a um, commercial I think from Portugal um, for a yogurt drink right that was flavored it was popcorn flavored yogurt right so de do do nips sab popcorn is sab cappuccino? Right? I know I played it a bunch of times on the other side. Sabor Popcorn. Flavor of popcorn. So, you know, I know that there's been attempts to make popcorn-flavored things, but it's not a big thing. It's not like, you know, like the whatever this pumpkin garbage is every year. I, I, I've i completely tuned out. Ooh, it's just have pumpkin, pumpkin spice, this, that, and the other. It's sort of like talk like a pirate day. It's gotten so annoying. You just tune it out. Um, but popcorn-flavored things really are not really top of mind, of course. You think about popcorn-flavored stuff, you think about, you know, the, the jelly beans. Jelly Belly did a good popcorn flavor. But I ran across this, uh, Popcorn Coffee, and this is really fascinating me. Um, there's a, It's this, uh, like a company in India, Mr. Coconut. Um, it's at mrcoconut.in M-R-C-O-C-O-N-U-T. No, it's not the old spelling C-O-C-O-A-N-U-T. I don't know when they got rid of that A. But remember, like the Marx Brothers made a movie called The Coconuts? I think it was based on a Broadway show. It was C-O-C-O-A-N-U-T-S. Then we got rid of that other A. Listen, the, le- the, listen, the words are getting more efficient. They're getting rid of letters. Okay. Mr. Coconut return to origin. And this website is very hard to figure out. But the popcorn coffee, and it's like, I guess it's, that's the rupee symbol, 79 rupees. Is that like a lot of money? Is that like 79 bucks? Listen, if it's really good popcorn coffee, it might be worth 79 bucks. I don't know. How much is said. Let's go to the uh, xe.com. All right. 79. Set, hold on.
2: 79
0: rupees. Do we have that? Indian rupee into US dollars. It's like ninety six cents. Hey, you're telling me you can get like a bo- that sounds like a good deal actually. Let me see. Where's the page? Here it is. It's the SKU is JIPER <coughs> shipping applicable below order of four hundred rupees. Okay. So four hundred rupees is like it's not like It sounds pretty cheap. Popcorn coffee is our sincere effort to stretch the limits, to touch the heights of innovation. I agree. It's an important thing to make popcorn flavored coffee. Trying everything that's new that allures the interest of the guest is our forte. To try, sorry, to, the interest of the guest is our forte. To give try to our newly introduced beverage, i.e., the popcorn coffee, visit our cafe. Popcorn coffee is one of the best creative beverages that we have in our elaborate menu. So it's in the hot espresso coffee category. And there's a picture. There's four. There's like multiple of the same exact picture. It's like a gallery. It just shows a cup of coffee next to a, a bowl of popcorn. I want it! I want it now. <coughs> where where are their stores? Let's see our stores. So you have to go to the store to get it, or Jaipur, Hathras, and Delhi. So I think maybe they're saying it's in Jaipur. They have French fries there for fifty nine rupee. Veggie nuggets, tandoori paneer maggi, cheese corn maggi. This all looks quite good. They have cold drinks. What, they don't have thumbs up? I mean, I thought that was a good Indian drink, thumbs up coffee, cola. They have a hot Nutrella. (laughs) What? (laughs) What are they, they they pour and put Nutrella in water? They call it Nutrella instead of Nutella. Wow. I'm fascinated by this. I I do want to go to India. It just seems like a good place to go, but it seems like, you know, the kind of place you go if you're, if you have like, if you're like, I don't know, like rich, (laughs) I don't know. I don't think regular people can really, like, go to India that easily. I know you could, but, you know. And, I mean, we saw that there was a vegan tour of India that we can go on, but I don't know. What, are we made of money? We can't afford this crap. Do, do, do. All right, add to cart. Let me see what what happens. Okay. View cart. Can they, can they ship it to Jersey? I mean, it's only 96 cents. <laughs> hmm. Okay, proceed to checkout. Let's see. I don't know. I will, they don't say what form it's in. Like what is it? Is it like what is it? Hmm. Delivery time slot. What? Okay. Oh, they only deliver to uh Rajasthan or Uttar Pradesh. Okay. Hmm. And you have to enter your phone number and your pin. <laughs> what? I don't have a pin pin code on my phone. All right, I guess they don't they don't deliver to New Jersey. Oh well. You have to choose a time slot for the delivery: eight to twelve a.m., twelve to four p.m., or four to eight. I wonder if they have that service. Like in Japan, there's a service. Remember when I bought that T-shirt of, uh, you know, Blade Runner when it starts, it says the Lad Company in association with Sir Run Run Shaw. The only place that had it was in Japan. I still have that t-shirt. but there's this You can't buy stuff from Japan, like the same thing with this. But there's a website that they'll buy it for you, and then they'll ship it back to you. So it costs an arm and a leg, but you can do it. So I wonder if there's that kind of thing in India to get this uh, coffee. It's only 96 cents, but I mean, you know, I, I don't know. How much do I really want popcorn coffee? I guess I could just make some popcorn and throw it in the coffee pot and see what happens, though. Save all the international shipping charges. That might work, too. I think we could try that one. Anyway, it's Friday. It's checking out some new music on Apple Music. That's the service I subscribe to. Yeah, and just, uh, you know, because Apple Music, you know, I hate most things Apple, but I... Like their music service was the only thing that really worked where I worked because they have all these firewalls and stuff. So now I have all my playlists and stuff on here. And it's a good service, I think. The only thing is, like if you wanna if you look at their new music category, they just choose a small sampling of all the new music and um then to drill down into like I usually go to rock or electronic or whatever. It takes like forever to to dig down into their menus. Like they don't have shortcuts or whatever. But anyway, there's a few good ones here on on this page, like um, there's this album called The Golden Ass by Faunus, right, that I've been listening to. It's pretty good. And the the cover, it really looks like um, sort of a private label pressing. It's sort of uh, faded. It's it's, it's sort of a um, (coughs) brownish-white background, and it says The Golden Ass and Faunus in very 70s, like hand-drawn style. And there's there's an ass, you know, like like a little donkey type creature, and then there's this woman that's naked and you see her ass. So which what's the golden ass? But uh yeah, so apparently she's a uh an art historian in England and she does like this music. But it's okay. I mean I was listening to it. Yeah, you kinda of get the idea, right? I mean, it kind of sounds like something I've heard a million times before, but, you know, it's kind of good, I guess. Mm -hmm. I think this would sound better if you hadn't heard so much other stuff that sounded similar to it, you know, like with fresh ears. And then the new Drug Dealer album is out here. Let me see. I know I, I, I think I covered their previous album, Honey something. Let's see. Hiding in Plain Sight, Drug Dealer. And they have... Oh, they have an animated album cover on Apple Music. I kind of remember it sounding like this. Kind of like... Kind of Steely Danish, ish is it? Cool font on the cover. I'm trying to think what font that is. I know oh, that font, but... She's a that they anyway, again, not super exciting, but at least in the universe of music I I like listening to Um, then there's a new album by Guided by Voices They, they release like multiple albums every year this one is Scalping the Guru let's see oh the first song is called Matter Eater Lad wow of the greatest members of the Legion of Superheroes
3: he constructed a factory just because he was hungry just to see
0: how it, it tastes really, it really is about matter eater lad wow all the songs are like really short there's like 20 songs on the album it's only 33 minutes i mean i like guided by voices i i have a i've listened to some guided by voices and i i appreciate i mean it's like one guy basically but you know i appreciate i forget his name but i appreciate it but i i'm not always having an easy time getting into it um then of course there is the third it's King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, a band that I've gone had my ups and downs with. Um, they released three albums this month, and I ordered one on vinyl. It hasn't come yet. This is called Changes. The career shapeshifters turned their focus to soft, silky pop. I haven't really, I haven't listened to this yet, but I don't know. I'm, I mean. I was so into King Gizzard at one point, and then almost everything I hear by them is disappointing at some level. It sounds good. It's a song called "Change." It's thirteen minutes long.
4: Let's
0: fast forward, shall we? I don't know. I'll, I'll try. I'll give it a chance. But it feels like an effort to listen to King Gizzard. You know, I, I don't know what to say. I just it feels like I have to work to try to like, like, I want to like it, but I kind of don't like it. And what is Trampled by Turtles? Are they like a jam band or something? No, it's like folk music. Okay, I I thought that was
4: like...
0: No, no, no. And how about the actual music of today? Now that's what I call music 84. What kind of music do we have here? How about the Kid Leroy? Nikki, Yore, and Daisy? I don't recognize any of these names. That's what I call music. How about Young Gravy? Well, that's a good song. (laughs) What the hell is this? How about Doja Cat? I've heard of her.
4: This is staying in Vegas.
0: They all sound like novelty songs. They don't even have... I don't know. How about Steve Lacey? I don't know any of these people. They all sound like little children trying to be annoying, you know? Oh, look. Here's Post Malone. He's the guy that did the Magic to Gather thing recently. This auto and shit. Oh, my God. Oh, here's Marshmello. Um, you know, actually, I... It's 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 wild because um, there was a marshmallow reference last night, um, DJ Marshmallow. He's like a dead marshmallow. You know, like dead mouse. He's like a DJ that puts on a mask with X's for eyes because he's a mouse that's dead. And the dead marshmallow, he puts on a mask of a marshmallow with X's for eyes because the marshmallow, I guess, is dead, you know, which is kind of ironic because marshmallows are made out of dead animal flesh, the gelatin. But let's not even go there. Uh yeah, you know Rob from the Ponce Stevenson show, um, and from Fuzzy Dopner. We we you know he lives right down the street, and we uh, just haven't gotten together since the pandemic. So we uh, we went over to their house last night. Rob and his wife Erica and his two kids, and we hung out and had pizza. It was great. And his son got a marshmallow mask uh, for Halloween. Very uh, very cool, you know. DJ Marshmallow for kids. Let's see how the music is. DJ Marshmallow and Khalid. I mean, it sounds a little better than some of the other stuff, but. It's sort of like the, um, you know, when someone's singing, it's like they're acting, they're playing a part. And the music I like, I like the character of the singer. But these, I just sort of feel are It almost, like I said, trying to be deliberately Off-putting, you know Or, or, or maybe it's, you yeah. know Now, 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 yes, now yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah Yeah, yeah Like, what is this character? I'm looking in your eyes Yeah, anyway That's, that's the music of today Anything else? How about Cal Stamp? This is, feels like being in an alternate reality. I've never heard of any of these people. I'm like an old person. I don't know anything. Away, night, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the vocals, they all sound like they're just just—they're trying to be annoying or they're hiding behind a facade or I don't know. I can't really put it in, into words exactly. But, yeah. but there's some good stuff like Faunus with her golden ass. It's like, you know. <laughs> Even though she, the way she's singing is kind of a similar... They have a song, she has a song called Cinnamon, let's see. Um, it, it even sounds, again, like that, the kind of weird facade singing.
3: I couldn't tell if this was a ruin or if it was a new. a
5: place that intervals
0: around the portico. All right, thank you, thank you. What the hell am I going to listen to I guess I'll try and listen to the King Gizzard. Because I had a King Gizzard dream the other night. <coughs> I woke up about 4:30. The dream—it wasn't like a nightmare, <coughs> but it was like I just was wide awake. I couldn't go back to sleep. I was like 4:30 a.m. because of this damn king gizzard dream. Let me find my notes on that. How does there? Where's there? Where's the music? Let's see. How about the song "Exploding Suns"? Is this a good one? Okay. Okay. Great. All right. Let's let's talk about the concert dream. So, some background on this. Way back in, I think 2019, I was uh, this guy Marcus, who I used to work with. We kept in touch when, when I left the job there in 2015. I actually saw him earlier this year. I, I thought he had completely vanished, but. Anyway, he said that he wanted to go to the King Gizzard concert at the King's Theater in Brooklyn in approximately, you know, this was like late 2019, he asked me to get tickets, and so I got four tickets for me and my wife and him and his and his partner, and uh, his girlfriend, I don't think he's married, I'm not sure. Anyway, um, so I got the tickets at uh, the King's Theater, they were kind of up in the nosebleed seats, but what do you want, you know, for King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, they're Again, we've been talking about them. They're a, very, they're a band that I really like some of their work, but they just sort of... It should be good that they're doing all these different... And it is good that they're doing all these different genres and stuff, but I think the problem is they don't have enough good music to go around, and they've been releasing, like, how many? Ten albums a... Like, that one year they released five albums, now they're releasing three albums in a month, which would be great if all the music was good, but I think they're just, like, throwing whatever... Throwing everything against the wall, see what sticks. It's not all good music, you know. So that so the average quality of their songs is like way down because they're they're just making songs and releasing tons of albums all the time. You know, no one could make that many good songs. So it's kind of like, you know, that's the I think that's the basic problem. I like their their style, I like everything, but you know, there's too much ba- like mediocre stuff. Anyway, April 2020, obviously the concert got canceled because of the COVID. And then they postponed it till like, October 2020. Then they canceled that. And they postponed it to, like, May of 2021. And then they finally – and something like that. I don't know if those dates are correct. They finally canceled the concert for good in, uh, you know, like, whatever, March or April 2021. And so I really wanted to go – at each point, they were like, you can get a refund. I'm like, no, I'm going to keep the tickets. I'm going to go see King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. And – Whatever, so it never happened. And finally, they came back to this area last Friday, one week ago today. They went, they were at, they went to uh, Forest Hill Stadium in Queens performing. And I thought about going, but again, I've been so disappointed in their music. And I was looking at their set list, and they're the kind of band that plays the same set list every night, like most bands do. You know, they have the same exact set list, and then there's three or four slots where they play something different even Stereo Lab that I I went to see in Brooklyn that was fantastic, they do the same thing the only band that doesn't do that are the jam bands like Fish. anyway, and I've been to a lot of concerts recently loved all of them but because of my very mixed feelings about the band I didn't go but I sort of, I think at some level I'm like, you know, I should have gone just to sort of satisfy the cosmic karma of you know, having made such a big deal about it not going to see the King Gizzard show so anyway, this is the dream I had and uh, so, <clears throat> the tickets were like these. F- were were in frames because when my wife went to that Tricky Tray recently, the prizes it's like a it's like a frame, sort of eight and a half by eleven frame, with a description of the prize in it. So the ticket was it started off as being like in these frames, and so I was and then I as I was carrying it around, it became like this vinyl binder you know sort of like a clipboard but like a vinyl binder i don't know if they still make them but it was like a cardboard with vinyl around the cardboard and uh you know printing on it so it was like the ticket was actually like this vinyl binder um at one point i was hanging out and i met one of the guys from the band and i was like rambling to him I'm like oh you know what yeah you know i i because this was an additional show they did in the dream. I did miss the concert on Friday, but then they did this extra secret show that I found out about. So I was talking to one of the lesser known members of the band, and I was rambling about, oh, you know, because like back in 2020, I had tickets for your show in Brooklyn, and then that got canceled. Then it got I, the whole thing I just told you. I was like rambling to this guy. He's like, oh, oh, nice, mate. You know, <laughs> he's like from Australia. Oh, no, great story, mate. You know, good, good. Thanks for coming, you know. Uh, <laughs> And then there was, like, this, uh, this waiting area, and my wife was there, and everyone was, like, sitting around, and you had to wait for hours and hours. And I had a bunch of these tickets, like these frames. And then one member of the band um, came out. He's like, all right, now I have to do this thing. And he brought out this huge conveyor belt, and he's like, all right, we've got to crush some rocks now for the show. <laughs> so he had a, this conveyor belt where he was, like, somehow there was, like, this rock-crushing machine, and, and it went down the conveyor belt, so there was, like, this rubble what the hell I guess it was rock music uh, <coughs> and and then I'm like oh my god I need to change my clothes so I was in this waiting area I changed my clothes to go to the show and then I walked out walking down the street with this binder and then I get to the venue and I'm like i walk in and there's like there's, there's like metal detectors and I just i hold up my binder i'm like hey this is like my ticket he's like yeah come on through come on through so i went in and um i went up to the merch booth and um they're 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 like oh would you like to get a deluxe upgrade for your um for your ticket like it was like they, they would like add all these additional aspects to this vinyl binder um it was like a trapper keeper actually remember trapper keeper like like with all of these folders, it was it was like for school, like a trapper keeper, like like a notebook binder with three rings and everything, and it was so expensive, it was like ninety dollars. I'm like, yeah, no, I don't need to, I don't need an improved ticket, like it's it's fine the way it is, because it had the King Gizzard logo on it and stuff, and um, and then they're like, how about this? Would you like to buy the King Gizzard drinking glass? I'm like, how much? And they're like, only eight ninety five. I guess I'll, all right, I'll take it, I guess. But it was just, like, this brown drinking glass with, like, maybe, like, yellow and orange flowers printed on it. Like, just something from, like, a garage sale. Something from the 70s. But it, it didn't even have any King Gizzard graphics on it. And they're like, okay, let's pack that up for you. So they this enormous cardboard box with, like, all this tape all over it. And they put the the, the cup in the middle of it and, and put all this packing material and stuff. Oh, this is to protect it. I'm like... Yeah, you know what? I it's only I know I already paid you for. You know, I don't really want this giant box to carry around. I don't want this glass. Do you, just take it back or throw it away or something. Oh no, we can't. You have to take it. You have to take it with you. We we, we can't just throw it away. And this guy behind me is like, "Oh yeah, you know what you do? Just take it and just like leave it by the wall over there and like they won't even know. Like you don't need to take it with you. Just take it away from the merch counter." So I walked over by these bathrooms and I just put the, the box down and I'm like okay and I was thinking like is, is that okay or aren't people like see something say something with box I'm like I don't know I don't want this damn box with this glass inside so then I had to go to the bathroom in real life as I was laying there asleep and in the dream but um, there were lines uh, the men's room there were a lot of guys lined up the women's room there were women lined up and there was some sort of police activity in the bathrooms so I couldn't go to the bathroom you know let me see what else I said about that. The police activity. Like I, at first I tried to go in, and and then the guy, the people waiting, are like, no, no, there's no, no, no there's police. There's like a police tape there or whatever. And then I looked over, and the concert already started. So it was like the bathrooms were to the left, and then to the right you could see the concert hall, and King Gizzard was playing, but it was very light inside. They didn't turn the lights down, and there were all these people sort of just hanging out and sitting in the. In the it was almost like an auditorium. And uh, I'm like, damn! I'm missing the show. I need to go to the bathroom, but there's police activity. <coughs> they have this damn glass that I they they I don't want, and I'm missing the show. And you know, then I woke up. That was some dream. Wow, very specific. That almost sounds like symbolic, like you know, like the glass thing and the cardboard. Just is there some symbolism there? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, here's a here's a slight update to my uh, frivol of um, the. Uh, Reality Jamboree from the most recent Central I, I when I was doing it, this is all about these characters going in this this like AI movie. I was thinking, is there is there a character from the Smirsh, this band Smirsh that could be invited as a character? and I couldn't think of one, but indeed, Judy Mach seven, right That's the character Judy Mach seven. Let's see if we can hear that song by Smursh. Judy Mach 7, yeah. I know they put some of their stuff out on Creative Commons. This is like their big hit. I have an interview with them on YouTube. I may be the only person who interviewed them. They're in Piscataway, New Jersey. Mark Seven Judy 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 but what would the character Judy 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 Judy, Mark 7. Judy, 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 So, today's episode is called Deucedly Dank. And look at that show art. Wow, that took me a while to put together. But uh, look at that. And it, it, uh, The background is a dark blue going down to a magenta. The type at the top says "deucedly dank is a, is a green. The overnight skip at the bottom is a black type. And the font is uh, the font from The Box. Remember last time I was talking about the TV channel The Box, and they used this font, which I had to identify. I knew it was an emigre font, so I just looked at emigre fonts. It's uh, Emigre Senator Demi. What a great 90s font. And what you have in the the main artwork there is a four pages of a collected toy patents from 1922, right? Um, and they have the magenta, and then it's sort of like a gradient towards the middle; it turns more like a dark, uh, like a dark orange. And this took me so long to make, and in the end, I'm so happy with how it looks. Um, let me see uh, Yeah, patents, here we go Because you know I like to look at old magazines and publications on the Internet Archive One of my favorite things And uh, this is uh, a publication called Toys and Novelties And here's what it says is a monthly toy trade journal that is focused on providing toy news to toy dealers and department stores it was published by the sporting goods publishing company and it may have lasted all the way up to 1970 so they had uh patents issued patents recently issued so i went through this whole process i downloaded the pdf i had to find the pages digitize them and then make them all similar heaviness cuz some of them were lighter and some of them were darker and i wanted to get like an overall Uh, kind of a cyberpunk look so the orange and sorry the uh magenta and the green are kind of our cyberpunk colors and i didn't have the uh the fade to the light on the bottom the the light magenta color but i was thinking maybe the dark blue in the background should fade to black and as i did that i turned off one layer and saw this i'm like yes this is it this is the way to go (coughs) um The, the phrase itself was something I had written down maybe last week because I remembered, you know, all of the Lord of the Rings stuff, the very mediocre TV show, Rings of Power, that recently finished, uh, reminded me of uh, the Hobbit television special, which was so important to us growing up. And, you know, the scene where they all get captured by the trolls and then Gandalf kind of tricks them into arguing until the dawn Dawn, take you all, and be stoned to you. Right? They kill the trolls, and then they then they're sort of ransacking their cave, and they find all these these uh, weapons. And I think it's Thorin Oakenshield, the dwarf, who's who said, "Deucedly fine blades." <laughs> and of course, Sting is there, and Glamdring is there. Glamdring, the foe hammer. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wonder if I can find that. Let me see. Deucedly fine blades. So I looked it up, and apparently. I don't know if it was actually in The Hobbit where he said deucedly fine blades, but it's in a, a transcript of the TV show. Let me see. Rankin-Bass, The Hobbit. I want, I want, I want to hear him say deucedly fine blades. And then we had the, the LP of The Hobbit that we listened to a million times. It's just sort of, again, that's sort of why there was such a a charm to this stuff back then. We had so little to go on. We had like one TV cartoon that we couldn't even see. Like we had to get like a book of it, a record of it. But but that was before videotapes and stuff, right? You had to settle for that. And we were just obsessed with The Hobbit and everything. There was so little information about it. Let's see. Rankin-Bass. And it just was, you know, even though (coughs) perhaps it was not super faithful in a lot of aspects to um, let me see. Can we find this here? Is it is it online or? I don't know. Full soundtrack album. So is this just, all right. Yeah, like the, the wood elves did not look like what elves are supposed to look like. And Gollum did not look. He was cool, but he didn't look like the way he was meant to be. Many ages ago. Was, was that the song? The greatest adventure is what lies ahead. Complete original soundtrack. Oh, this is so cool. So, this is
5: it. Okay. Oh,
0: here's that song. <laughs> I, I like this song. Dusitly fine I blades. To be said, the oh, then I had, I had, I had one cassette where we had that recorded. Then I recorded over it, and you heard Gandalf say, "Indeed." And that's why I always say, "Indeed," like that.
1: All right, let's see. Yeah, yeah. Nothing but mutton to eat.
5: Mine has them too. Can you make them up?
0: Oh, oh, no, this is it. This is it. Hold on.
5: Over here. Come see what I've found.
0: Deucedly fine blades.
5: Not bad.
1: <coughs> Our first attempt. Oh, it
5: was <coughs> nothing, actually. Ah, we'll keep these deucedly fine blades.
4: <laughs> yes. Considering
5: they were made by trolls. They don't seem like troll blades to me.
0: Indeed. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know what this is. It's like a... a, It's a two-record set, which is the entire audio of the whole thing. Where do you get that? We we didn't have that growing up. We had, like, the limited one. Now, wait a minute. Note to young self, get this one. (laughs) What was this one? This is a better one to get. I don't know. I don't know when it came out, though. Anyway. Um... So the word I just the word deucedly came to mind. So deucedly is is it one of these words that it has sort of a negative meaning but he's obviously Thorne's actually saying it in a, in a positive like these are very fine blades, deucedly fine blades. Um okay so you could say something like it could mean extremely but it also means like devilish and, or cursed or confounded. Um Deadly, mad, insane, but deucedly as a as a yeah, so it means extremely deucedly clever, and uh I was trying to think of a word to pair that with, and it just the I was thinking of that the whole dank memes thing, and um dank is a word that also started off kind of negative meaning like <coughs> disagreeably damp, musty, and typically cold, huge, dank caverns, but Dank in the Urban Dictionary says it means dark, sticky, gooey, and potent. What do they say here? It was originally a word to describe disgusting basements and caves. And then, like, I guess, in uh, <coughs> when the world of pot took over. Uh, yeah, it's, it's all about pot. Like, you know, great cannabis, dank, sticky, icky, beautiful trichromes. The dankest of the dank. Refers to viral internet content of overuse or passing trends. It can also refer to unique or weird memes. It is all different, you know, an adjective which is overused by people in general and mostly by people trying to appear cool to their stoner friends. Dank means dark, sticky, gooey, and potent. The world of pot took over and it was used very correctly to describe very potent strains of marijuana. Then squares and people who wanted to look cool to Stoner started using it to describe anything they think is cool, which in turn makes them believe themselves are cool as well. In reality, it makes them seem as illiterate as an ape. M&Ms are not dank. Chips are not dank. And your clothes are definitely not dank. You need to stop overusing and killing the word. Am I contributing to this by deucedly dank? I like that, though. So it's kind of a cyberpunk design with 100-year-old toy patents and words and, and there's a connection between you know the 60's counterculture, the hobbit, marijuana all that stuff it all comes together in today's show art for the show titled Deucedly Dank alright, it's a little bit later now I'm out here on the porch I have a very dank cigar here because it's been sitting out here for days and days I smoke it a little bit at a time Deucedly Dank Cigar oh, i I got to put new batteries in battery's almost done. All right, that's better. Of course, there's some random drilling or sawing noise in the distance. Always. The hell are these sounds? So anyway, I had a, uh, yeah, I was thinking about that topic. You know, like, I was talking about the uh, morphic resonance how we're all connected, right? And you know when people take drugs, they say like, oh man, when I took these mushrooms, like I saw the universe as it really is and we're all connected, man. It's all one, right? You keep hearing this. All these different theories that we're all connected, right? That, you know, from all different angles, from the, you know, like when you meditate, these like monks that meditate for years, they finally uh, receive the... Notification? No, the uh, enlightenment. We're all connected. We're all everything is one, right? We're really just all the same person, or we're really connected by this network of like cosmic strands or strings or something. And people take the drugs and like, my God, we're all connected. You know, everything is connected to one. We're all one. We're all like part of one cosmic being, viewing aspects of itself. We're all one man, right? And then, of course, recently I was talking about morphic resonance. The especially the work of Rupert Sheldrake, how we really are all connected, and that's how we able to perceive the world. We're all connected. All life is connected, and, <coughs> you know, that's how, like, we're able... Like, you know, I was really thinking about it. You know, sometimes, like, you think about something going to be so hard, but when you actually start doing it, it becomes easier because you're connected to the network of other people that have done it. That whole thing, right? So with all that in mind, why does it seem that we're not connected... It- Like, at any given moment, there's a sense of individuality. Like, I don't really feel particularly connected to the other people. You can talk to them, but you really don't know what's going on in their mind. You feel very, very much a sense of individuality at this level of reality, right? And if we're all so connected in all these ways, why do we feel this sense of disconnection and this sense of individuality? Like, I would imagine that if we're all connected, we would just feel like a hive mind of some sort. You know, like Borg or something, you know? And, like, why do we have this individuality thing? That's the question. I'm not complaining. I like it. I like, it. I, I like being an individual because I think it would be annoying having to be inside everyone else's head. But still, why, with such a connected system, do we feel disconnected? <coughs> and, you know, they're like, oh, when you <coughs> – <coughs> Excuse me. When, when you achieve enlightenment – Right when you go to the next level, when you die and rise up the psychic levels or whatever, uh, you know, or some people say, "Oh, there's this karmic cycle." But when you escape it, you'll see that you're we're all connected. But like they're treating this individuality thing like the bad thing, you know? Like to me, it seems like it has to be uh, deliberate, right? That everything is connected. That this sense of this connection is very much a deliberate act to create this type of existence where you are not part of some sort of freaking hive mind, you know? And you are just, like, one person. It's like you against the world. I, I, I used that phrase last time as well, sort of the foundational thought of how, you know, like, your life strategy. It's like, oh my God, how did I get into this situation? I'm like some type of humanoid being and i'm in this one body and you know i i'm not aware of other levels of reality but there's hints of it and there's you know you, you you get senses of it you have different altered states of reality like when you know going to sleep or those fever dreams like when i had covid those dreams were so wild a different state of consciousness and i you know for whatever reason i really never got into the drug scene i never i never got to took any of those kind of drugs i mean Obviously, tobacco and alcohol, I I enjoy, you know, within reason. But uh, none of the, I mean, even with like, I mean, like with even with the CBD stuff, I've I, I'm go on and off. I really haven't had much CBD lately. The little bit of the actual THC or delta nine or whatever didn't really agree with me greatly. I n- I know I would need to sort of look into it further, but. You know, I don't know that I could do a show like this if I was constantly stoned all day long. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that would be conducive to doing a show like I do. You know, and it's important. This show is like very important to me. I feel like you know, this is my art. This is my, uh, you know, I, I, it, I. It gives me great pleasure to do this show, uh, and uh, I don't think I could do it. I, I think. I, I mean, I, I know people say how they just, so many people just smoke pot all day long. I just don't know if it was. I mean, I know it's good for some people. Some people like it. I'm not against it. I'm all for the legalization. It's legal now in Jersey, and you don't hear a single thing about it anymore. There was all this talk. Oh, my God, is it going to become legal? Oh, my God. All this hand-wringing and all these people. were Now, n- nothing. I don't hear, you don't hear anything about it. You know, there is a marijuana store right down the street. I could drive there in like 15, 20 minutes over in Bloomfield. And I could also stop at a Wawa along the way. Who even knew there were Wawas around here? Everyone else is going apeshit over Wawa. Now I have one, and what the hell? I just, Like, I don't even know what, what's so good about it. It's just like a 7-Eleven, but it's better. Listen, I've been to Bucky's. I'm not going to be impressed with Wawa, okay? And by the way, Bucky the beaver was invited to the reality jamboree. Just check out the Central, yes. But anyway, yeah, and I never took anything like cocaine or heroin or... Even the psychedelics, which you might imagine. I, I feel like... I'm a I have like a very psychedelic personality, but I never took the psychedelics. I don't know. Someone who was it? to saying that I that they think I'm. Oh, it was Peter Bernard, the guy that. Uh, yeah, I talked about last time with uh, Russell Brand and stuff. He he likes the Russell Brand videos, and I watched another Russell Brand video today. And you know, again, it's. I think it's sinister in a sense that he's very entertaining. Obviously, he's a talented comedian, performer, personality. But he focuses on this narrow range of topics. You know, this time it was all about the pharmaceutical companies and the COVID vaccines, this and that. You know, and and ignoring a ton of other topics that I would think is more important. So if you have someone like that who seems iconoclastic, seems to be a rebel, is very engaging, and yet is limiting the scope of discourse, he is really working for... The mainstream and for the controllers, whatever, wh- whoever or whatever they are, you know. But uh, Peter Bernard said he feels like, like, I'm just like naturally stoned and I don't need it, so you know. And I remember in college when I had a much more romanticized version of myself, more <laughs> uh, different, slightly different. Uh, and I a few times I went to someone's dorm and passing a, a joint or what a marijuana cigarette around. Excuse me, I'm still congested from this cold. I'm still not over this cold, 100%. Um, and then afterwards, I felt like very lucid and normal. So my, as I said, like that was with me and Mad Mike and our sort of surreal personas. And I was like, uh, you know, my God, I must naturally be stoned. And then when I, when I actually smoke the stuff, I become like a normal person. But again, that's sort of self-aggrandizement in a way, self-romanticizing, whatever. But anyway, um, so I've never had those experiences. But people that do, they say that they see, you know, that we're all, like, connected, right? But yeah, anyway, it's sort of like your sense of self is like me against the world. I'm in this situation. And it feels like, you know, I feel, you know, my latest theory of the world is that you know this whole level of reality that we're at is is deliberately created as a kind of a work of art and living a life here without having to be part of some collective consciousness or something though obviously we are we are in the in the context of those theories we are part of a collective conscious but we are it's masked from us it is blocked from us that we are you know Like just my talking now and my use of language, I'm tapping into that morphic resonance to talk, you know? It's not like, you know, I understand, oh, a person learns to talk. But all of my cognition, all of my talking and all of my ideas and what I'm saying right now is achieved in theory through an interconnection of all minds and all people, right? So I'm using it, but I'm still got the sense that I'm like an individual person, and what is it about that sense that feels good? I mean, I know most people think that they'd be better off being part of a collective mind or knowing they're part of a collective mind. I don't know. I mean, I, it's hard to pin down an angle of attack for this theory, but the idea is that it is a distinct uh, thing to experience being an individual as opposed to being part of a group mind or something, and it has to be deliberate. And I do see lots of good aspects to it, so it's not just like, I know. I know what is that other narrative, spiritual narrative? Well, you know, you're at this level and you have to learn your lessons on on Earth, and then in the next life. You'll you'll find all this enlightenment and, but like why like what's the point, right? It's just sort of like the whole thing. God created man. Well, like why? <laughs> you know, like what was the point? What was the point of creating these limited beings that had to go through this process to become higher beings? And I guess the idea is that you could say. Um, being disconnected and then going through stages of reconnection is just pleasurable at some level it's the idea that there's one you know god mind there's one being that split itself up into subdivisions in order to know itself better but maybe it is just a kind of process of you know in uh, self-enjoyment you know uh to split yourself up and then reconnect yourself, then split yourself up again and reconnect yourself again. Is that that, that what's going on? You know, and then there's another angle that I've talked about that I call what pleases the observer, right, which is very much related to this, the idea that as a consciousness you have the ability to focus in on a particular kind of existence, right? If there is this multiverse of all this stuff going on, you can find what pleases you and focus on that. So this particular scenario, as we know as Earth in the year 2022, and I've been around since '67, so I'm 55 now, so the, uh, you know, that time period, of course, is so much cool stuff, so many cool changes and so much cool pop culture and right? there's so much great stuff is it just random that i wound up incarnating here or is it something that like i am you know i found it it does sort of feel like i found this place and it pleases me like this type of world this type of existence it pleases me but what all this stuff about the observer you know what is the observer the consciousness the obser- the observing entity <laughs> right I'm saying it's me, but it's not me, Frank Edward Knorr. It's the thing that's observing me, you know. But the big question there is, right, it does feel like if this pleases the observer, it implies the observer has a particular point of view, that the observer is itself right not the totality of everything but is a subdivision itself right cuz i can't imagine every consciousness digging this kind of existence cuz it does kind of suck in many ways but it has a, it has its it has its positive notes you know you know i guess that uh, that show the peripheral which is uh, i It's funny cuz last night we went to visit rob and erica as i mentioned and uh got home pretty late and i was like and i was not tired at all and I was just like, you know, playing Magic the Gathering on my computer or whatever. And uh, I, uh, I looked it up, and the peripheral, the new TV show, The Peripheral, which is really good, um, was. Hold on, I'm writing it down here. The peripheral. It said it comes out Friday at midnight, which is kind of vague. Does that mean at the end of Thursday, at the start? midnight on Friday, the first moment of Friday, or is it the last moment of Friday? But it turned out it was the first moment of Friday, so it was like 12.04 last night, and I'm like, listen, I gotta go to bed, but I checked, and the peripheral episode 3 was just posted. So I watched, it. I watched about half of it, and then I watched the rest this morning. And, uh, this show is about people in the future that can, through a quantum technology, it's always quantum technology, are able to contact uh through an information channel the past right they're not able to physically go there but they can send information back and forth so in the show chloe grace moretz uh, puts on this uh headset and she thinks she's in a virtual reality this is kind of a spoiler but this in the first episode you kind of get this skip ahead if if you haven't seen the show yet um So she thinks she's in this virtual reality, like a virtual London in the future. But it turns out she's actually in a robotic body in London in the future. Right? So that sort of contact between the future and the past, informationally but not physically, you know, really fascinating to me. And there was another show called Travelers on Netflix. highly recommend the show. It's done now. There were like three seasons. And uh, such a great show. That was where... Uh, people in the future could imprint their mind on someone's brain in the past but it overwrites the person in the past completely so in the interest of morality perhaps and in the interest of not impacting the time impacting the timeline as little as possible they um, found people who died by an accident right accidental death so they The person in the future is is given like months long briefing on this person's life and the circumstances of their death. Like the main character was like fell down an elevator shaft and died, so maybe he was shot or something. So he knew how to avoid it, and he just so the guy overwrote the other guy's mind, even though the guy was gonna die anyway, and took over. What a great show, Travelers, and uh, you know it kind of resonates with me. Talk about resonance that you know there could be a way if you're in the future and you're kind of bored you can sort of project your consciousness into the past in some way and um find a time and place that you like that pleases you and then live a life there you know it sort of resonates with me that's sort of what if this existence feels like in a way which is kind of sad in a way, because what's wrong with the future? Or why? Why? What? Like, if the future, like, why do you have to like focus on the past? And it reminds one of, uh, you know, the endless nostalgia that people have, like people my age, to, for the '80s, for example, you know, which was so much better in many aspects than the current time period. Um, no, being nostalgic for the past. Um, We're always looking backwards instead of, like, living in the moment. Which, should we be living in the moment? I don't know. If there's, like, a better past and you could go there somehow, maybe that's better. But it all seems kind of sad at some level, doesn't it? But ultimately, it's happening. (laughs) However it's happening, it's happening, so just got to kind of go with it, I guess. Anyways, with that, I'd like to thank you for patching into this episode of The Overnightscape. I am your host, Frank Edward Nora, here in late October 2022 in New Jersey on Earth, and uh, we're here in the ONSUG, a radio station inside a book. It is a massive archive of audio, currently over 13,000 hours in the archive. Much of it, I think a little less than half is just me talking like this, which is a lot. It's less than half of the whole archive. But a lot of it is me talking. Um, And uh, our project here is is unique in its size and its scope. It's a completely non-commercial project. The style, right, as you've seen on this show, is a little different than the style of today that people, uh, like other podcasters would have. And um, we're very focused on people listening in the near and far future. So weirdly, I'm talking about someone in the far future, like, sending their mind back into the past. But I'm also sending my voice into the future right so there does seem to be a two-way thing going on there in the context of these rather outlandish ideas i must admit they're very outlandish but people don't use the word outlandish as much as they should
6: it's very outlandish yes
0: anyway and i do admit it is a bit of of self-romanticization self-romantic romanticizing Oh, wow, I'm a time traveler from the future, man. You know what? That, that, that sounds a bit uh, grandiose, I have to say. But that doesn't mean it's not real. Now, come on. I don't know what's real. I don't know. No one knows. Well, someone must know out there. Does someone know? Anyway. Your voice can be in this archive as well. You can uh, participate in a show called Overnightscape Central and uh, this 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 week what is what is the next topic let me look it up hold on a second you can you can be on the next episode next week crime i just looked it up crime is the uh, next topic you got a lot to say about crime you know criminality man check it out so yeah just uh, check out the latest episode of overnight escape central at onsu onsug.com, O-N-S-U-G.com. And you can participate. Just send your audio into PQ Ribber over there in Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. Listen to the episode. You'll get all the information you need to give your thoughts on crime. Please do. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Yeah, you can get everything you need on OnSuck. You can buy the book. Download the book as a PDF for free. Listen to the archive. And I have actually been working on a new method to uh, preview the shows. It's a new me- method I call 209209. It is uh, the two hundred and nine seconds, which is three minutes and twenty nine seconds. Two hundred nine seconds in. So we we skip so from the beginning of each episode, skip ahead three and a half minutes, and then listen to three and a half minutes. And I I, I was trying that out because I figure like the very beginning of the show, maybe an intro or whatever. Three and a half minutes later, you usually get into some some good conversation, some good talking, some good stuff. I am going to keep experimenting on that as as like a preview system. Uh, So we'll work on that. But anyway, check it all out. Go to OnSug.com and find everything there. Anyways, now uh, talking about uh, travels in a cosmic sense, you will experience an audio message that is quite multifaceted. It is this, The Other Side.
5: 100%. you wear uh, such a formal top with an informal bottom? Well, as I told you, i just got back from location last night to come and see the kids, and I, I, was, I wore these straight from the job. And uh, I went to the drawer just now to look for uh, look for socks, and uh, I didn't have any, Merv. I'm not the kind of actor who does this for a gimmick. You know that. <laughs> you don't have any <laughs> socks? I'm using talent this year, because <laughs> I think it's coming back, folks. And the hair. And the hair. Oh, now the hair, Merv. I'm glad you asked me about this. It's very interesting reactions. From men, for instance, I get a very uh, interesting reaction. Uh, they kiss you? Uh, no, no. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> one of these days, murder. No, no. They men resent it. It's a sort of a, it's a sort of an animal thing, and it brings out the, uh, a kind of a thing in men which is extraordinary. Women love it. Women like you a lot and want to touch you and kiss you. But men, it really worries them. Well, and they, uh, they tend probably to father you. No, 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 it's a jungle thing, Moe. We go right back to the beginning, and they see that hair, and it's a primitive thing. That's why it appeals to women, I think. Hmm. The established group in England, the older group, Mm. who are horrified by people like Mary Quant receiving an order from the Queen, and the Beatles being knighted, and anybody young being presented with anything. Yeah, but... uh I, I guess, you, well, I understand that, Mar- Mar- you know, if, if, you, if you have seen better days, I suppose this all seems a bit avant-garde, but it's what is happening. I mean, Mary Quant has brought thousands of dollars into the country, I guess, in orders and things, and the Beatles have uh, given us some sort of name around the world. No, I think it's bound to happen. I think it's very hip of people who give awards to do this. I really do. I think it is, too. The other things we see constantly, the covers of every magazine in America, say in London, the swinginest city in the world. Yeah. We were over with Billy Graham the other night. Now nah, he swings. Yes, <laughs> nah, he's, he's swings. trying to clean up the swinging. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't like it at all. Do you notice, uh, when you return from doing Roy, the Grease Paint, because the changes have almost happened oh, sure. here overnight. Sure. Oh, sure. It's become oh, a yeah. young, exciting yeah. town. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I guess economically and everything, that's great yeah. for the country. I, I, the only thing I think, the, uh, personally, is that the uh, there seems to be a slight lag. Uh, fashion seems to be ahead. Uh, the moral atmosphere seems to be brighter and fresher. But uh, for whose side? Uh, well, for. for Oh, it's a good question, Mike. Mar- <laughs> I mean, it's good for men because the girls look marvellous. But there's a there's a good uh, Renaissance spirit going around the country. But the polit politics seem to be just a wee bit behind that. I think Harold's marvellous, Wilson, although he's a Labour guy. But uh, I wish they'd uh, uh, jump about a bit. I really do. You sure what Peter Cook said? No. He's afraid any minute this island's going to sink, giggling into the ocean. Oh God, that's <laughs> wild. You sure it was Peter Cook? Mar- it, it was Peter. He said it. Funny boy. Where are we?
2: Tell we're me in, in relation Hampstead to, to London.
5: London. Well, we are in London. We're in the, uh, in the area of London, but we're in a, a place called Hampstead, which is very pretty, and pretty sheep, I want you to know, and very expensive, and very green. I don't know, past Peter O'Toole's house, coming up. Uh, oh, yes, he lives around here. The classic and, uh, folks are a lot uh, Den- of Hill. Dennis Quilley. A lot of actors live around here, because there are certain parts of this place that are fairly cheap still, and you can get a good house. But, uh, Nothing. This cheap, is no? lovely. This is yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Somebody said they went inside. They were inside your apartment. and Saw a Walter Keane on the wall. <laughs> Walter Keane. Yes, he's very large here in Hampstead. Is he? Oh yes. Walter Keane. You mean the one with the, the white-eyed children? I hate those pictures. Anyway, <laughs> I don't like them too much. No, uh, this apartment actually is owned by my sister-in-law. She's just loaned us this apartment because we're gypsies. Mate. Don't we have move a home. Nope. Don't have a home, folks. We just go where the work is. I guess. That's what are you going to do after the movie now? You're coming I've back to America. Oh, yes, yes, because we will live in California, because I've got a bit of work through uh, for a couple of years. And uh, we Are go you... where the work is. And there goes my sister-in-law. Isn't that extraordinary? Isn't she a pretty oh, girl? That's Joni's sister. Is that Joni's sister? Listen, if you could... <laughs> she's saying, do you want your socks? Yes, Jackie, I do want my socks. I'm on the Merv Griffin show without socks. Bring them right in. No, <laughs> you need them here. I need them here, Jack. Yes, yeah. God's sake. If you're going to have a waiter, have a pretty waiter. Did she no, bring them now, in, in from from another country? here. No, she... Thank you. This is my sister and all folks who brings socks. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jack. See? The whole country is very appealing, as a matter of fact. Yeah, and what do you think of all the girls in the miniskirts? Oh, They're attractive. The, my I... wife, in a minute, is going to come out in a miniskirt. You don't believe it. looks like a bandage. <laughs> no, it's, no, no, <laughs> not, it's not a skirt. It's up to there. She said, do you think it's too much? I said, no. It's, you know, she's got the figure to, to wear it. Tony, talk about the picture. Always oh. fascinated. Cause, uh, uh, mm, no. First of all, the, the location the great family-style picture that's going mm. to be. I think it's in the tradition of uh, of the Poppins thing, you know, the sort of fantasy, adult fantasy. And I, I agree with you, I think it'll be very well received. Uh, Were these all letters, a collection of letters that he wrote? That's right, yes. A man called Hugh Lofting, I believe, in the First World War, used to write to his children from the trenches and say... Uh, and he, he made up these lovely stories about a man called Dr. Doolittle who could talk with animals. And the children loved them so much, I believe, that he turned them into a book. Because uh, he didn't want to write to them about the horrors exactly. of war. Yes, exactly. May we call your wife in? Oh yeah, Johnny. Joan. Joe. Just I'd like uh, the folk to see your your knees, uh, your knees, and your lace socks. <laughs> Hello, come, Joan. Come over. Uh, glad down. to see yeah. you. Sit out between us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, a but before you do, you don't go behind yeah. the bush. Uh, a little That's fashion the weird, show, folks. It's the, the Order it? of the British Empire goes to this young lady. British look. Yes. Join us. It's all right. Come sit down, don't. Uh, you know, now see, you look great. Thank you. Now, That's nice. That looks great. Does? As, as Merv was yes. saying, you know, uh, there are ladies who can't wear a miniskirt, darling. Wrong. What looks but, wrong? Have you seen American women in them? Yes, what, what, uh, well, not as short as this. I don't think it's gotten there yet. No, um, not this short. No, it hasn't gotten here yet. Actually, <laughs> not
2: is it really. depending
5: on what you wear with it? Well, yes, I think so. I think like you have to wear knees flat you wear shoes. With them, what thighs you wear, with <laughs> you don't wear a right. But you inside. have to wear flat shoes? Well, yes, you can't wear high heels because then the balance is
2: wrong. You see, and long yeah. socks? Mm-hmm. Well, socks or boots or Here something. comes the gardener.
5: Oh, yes. Oh, this is talk. a relative, no. Oh, this is a relative. Yes. Hello, Tara. Can she come up? Here? Yes, come up. <laughs> I tell you, folks, this is a family. Oh, show. No. She's got the mini skirt to off. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yes. Put the foot down, darling. Yes. Say Hello. Hello. It's great seeing both of you here no, in England. Lovely I thank you for letting us come and visit your home. You're very dear. And I'm glad to hear your home still is in Los Angeles. That means you have to come back. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And much success with Dr. that's a thank family thank picture. You. Oh yes. Yeah. It's not like oh, Virginia Wolf. No, no, no. Thank you. Bye bye.
1: precisely constructed model cities ever built. It was made as part of HBO's new on-air look and is one of over 60 visual elements that were combined to create HBO's new program opens. This film is a peek behind the scenes at how this new look was achieved. create an opening to introduce our exciting new programming, we didn't want just a sign. We wanted to communicate to the viewers that when they turned on HBO, they were tuning in an entertainment center. It all began with an idea at Liberty
5: Studios in New York. We had to come up with a concept that would be unique, that it would look unlike anything else on cable or on network television. I took the viewer and put him in a home environment and he turns on his television set and the camera slowly pulls back and goes out his window and magically we start this tour and flight as we swoop down through a city.
6: Well the thing was that uh, the shoot that they're trying to do, they couldn't do it with an actual city. They couldn't uh, run down the middle of a city with a helicopter or shoot it out of a plane or what have you. So the effect they were trying to get, they had to have a city built, a model city. We started off by building a cardboard mockup, and we marked off on the buildings detail or areas that we felt we would see. From there, we actually architected the building, and we built it up from that.
1: Six craftsmen worked for over three months to create nearly 100 unique buildings for HBO City models were all handcrafted with painstaking accuracy. First, they were shaped and molded. They were painted to look weather-beaten. And finally, detailed with incredible accuracy.
5: Pay a little closer attention to detail. All the things you're taking for granted are just as
6: important as what you see. You really don't know how much detail to put into something like this. But uh, a lot of people take things for granted when they walk down the street or look into a storefront or what have you. But if there's something missing, you know something's missing, but you don't know what it is. So you put as much detail in it so the eye picks up
1: every little thing. There's a working light bulb in every room in every building and headlights in the cars and buses. (laughs) foliage, there are hundreds and hundreds of trees,
6: all handmade, all different sizes and shapes.
1: The model was carefully covered with a tarp, so an artist could paint the 16 foot tall cyclorama that creates the illusion of twilight.
6: The length of the model is 30 feet long, and it's actually broken up into thirds, your city, your suburbs, and your country. This would be a great place to have children come, because it's fascinating, it's like, it's better than going to Toyland at Christmas time, because this place is just filled with toys of one kind or another. I like the way we really went into the sculpture on the buildings. We researched that a lot. We tried to see the architecture that's found in many of the cities, and most of it's Victorian. That's where we really excelled in, you know, finding the detail in the stone carvings on the buildings. We threw a few extras in, seeing if people would spot them. Uh, We put a few bums on the street, a few hookers on the corner. Those little things, uh, like our calling card, you know, little things that we wanted to add to the monotony of the three months of building this thing.
1: While some workers were building HBO City, others were constructing the letters that formed the HBO logo. These letters are made of brass and chrome plated. In the finished effect, they appear to be a giant HBO space station floating towards you. It bursts forth following the Stargate effect, a special piece of animation created by David Bruce. It's actually pretty simple. You might be surprised when you see it on the
3: table. Uh, it's two pieces of art. They're simply placed on top of one another and offset slowly. It gives you this, this huge blast with dots that move down and out from the center of the explosion. Shooting it one frame at a time, the computer will move them slowly across one another to build up the special effects that you see.
1: The Stargate effect is combined with a star field, the HBO Chrome logo, and several other components, including a musical score with a 65-piece orchestra. Ferdinand J. Smith, composer and producer of the music. Well, what we were trying to achieve with this particular project on HBO was that they would have the biggest, most exciting sound on television. In other words, you can see some sitcoms that will have kind of kind of kind of openings, and we wanted all the music to reflect uh, how big and enormous a
3: project this is, 24 hours a day of programming that interests people. That isn't just movie.
1: Another special effect enables streaks of color to race around the O in the approaching logo.
3: This is a special effects rig we built to put color rays into the inside of the uh, Chrome O. Basically, what it was is a series of fiber optics built with motors and gears and pulleys so that we can change the color and also move it around. Well, you know, you can set up a camera out on the street at night, and as the cars move by, their headlights and
1: taillights leave a long streak. It's essentially the same effect. Reed Paul explains the smoke effect.
3: Well, the smoke effect has gone through a lot of changes. First time we did it, we didn't have plastic in the room. We didn't have masks. We had no control over it, and it looked like a fire. (laughs) And it smelled like a fire, and when we were done, we did too. What it does is it gives the model atmosphere, so that when you're looking down the street, a block or two blocks away isn't quite as sharp as where you are. It made our mountain soft, so when you're in one part of the model, the next part, which is really five feet away, looks like it's 100 miles away.
1: When the model is finally photographed, it is done with a specially designed, computer-controlled camera that can perform extremely complicated moves. It is filmed one frame at a time and takes up to 14 hours to shoot a scene that lasts only 20 seconds in the finished product.
3: When you do a model sequence like this, as you shoot it with a motion control system, which was a camera motorized to make moves. And in the old days, you would actually have to go and hand crank everything, but now with computers, we have the motorized, and the computer actually does
5: it.
1: The last thing photographed is the first thing you see. The actors, portraying typical HBO viewers about to enjoy an HBO presentation. Suddenly, the work, the precision, the endless hours of trial and error all seem worthwhile. The HBO illusion is complete. Ready to tease and tantalize your eye. Will not be televised this evening. Tonight on a CBS special movie presentation. Take the plunge into a magical musical wonderland with Sammy Davis Jr., Red Button, Shelly Winters, Donald O'Connor, Sherman Hemsley, Martha Ray, Imogene Coca, Telly Savalas, Anthony Newley, Artie Johnson, Roddy McDowell, Jane Meadows, Sid Caesar, Ringo, Carol Channing, Jack Warden, Sally Struthers, Donna Mills, Ann Gillian, Steve Lawrence and Edie Gourmet, and many more in Irwin Allen's Alice in Wonderland. Next. Alice in Wonderland. Sponsored by GTE Sylvania. When you're looking for quality lighting, look for Sylvania, where the best comes to light.
5: You see those lights? They're burning out too soon in ordinary soft white light bulbs. But not me. I'm in Sylvania soft white bulbs. Why, in this 61 alone, I can burn 50 more hours. And only these Sylvania bulbs have a guarantee. So, get Sylvania soft white light bulbs instead of those guys with a dim future. Ask for Sylvania, where the best comes to light. Okay, that's Four McDLTs, two large fries, and a Diet Coke? Right. <laughs> Oh!
4: oh. Mm-hmm. It's hot, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh,
5: oh, oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, I'll clean up. <laughs> McDonald's, where the refrigerator stocks up. Yeah. Oh, right over there? Okay. Oh,
1: free, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs>
6: Failed again. How oh, well, about me,
3: Hi there. My name is Teddy Ruxpin. How are you today?
1: Fine. Well, then, I would like to... Tell Teddy you Ruxpin. The world's first animated storytelling band. Now available at stores everywhere. <laughs> on on America. But the land and the sky across
5: With Amtrak's low fares, you can travel across the country and back for just $275 or less. Or turn a one-way ticket worth over $50 into a round-trip ticket for just $7 more.
2: Disputed king or big kahuna of the Tiki Sound.
7: Well, anyway, so on and so forth. <laughs> and that was the beginning of, of the sounds, the exotic sounds of Martin Denny.
2: Denny, who performed almost exclusively in the hotels and restaurants of Waikiki, topped the American charts with his first album, appropriately entitled Exotica. His arrangements were like a lush tropical cocktail, blending a variety of ethnic ingredients, but somehow producing a unique new American sound. The album notes for one of his early successes, Hypnotique, were written by James Michener.
7: Martin Nadini made Hawaii a very popular commodity. And of course it would sound something like this. My music is fictional, but it's based on different ethnic sounds and instruments. It was sort of all make-believe type of thing, uh, uh, fiction. It's what people uh, think the islands might be like in their own mind. (laughs)
1: The exotic sounds of Martin Denny provided the glue for this artificial environment. The bird sounds and monkey chattering, uh, the sound of rumbling volcanoes and surf crashing really put everything together into a almost psychedelic experience.
2: Denny admits that his most celebrated musical trademark, the exotic bird and animal calls, were discovered by accident
7: was a pond right outside, right near our stage, and there were some of these buffos, large frogs. And, uh, and one night I was playing there and I noticed that they were croaking all through the performance. Some of the boys in the band got carried away and started doing bird calls. The following day, somebody walked up to me and said, Mr. Denny, would you do that arrangement with the birds and the frogs? <laughs> I thought, well, what is he talking about? But I suddenly realized he had a point.
2: Martin Denny helped spawn a new wave of exotic, erotic sounds, best described as pagan pop, and by the early 1960s, the song titles and album covers were growing more and more suggestive. Tiki music and tiki culture had become so synonymous with sexual liberation that even Hugh Hefner himself, on his weekly television program, decided to throw a Playboy-style luau.
1: Maintaining the highest standards of conduct, both on and off the job. It's important no matter what. But when you consider that our mission is not just law enforcement, but the teaching of law enforcement, our maintenance of the highest standards of conduct becomes even more crucial.